Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. Well, every parent and caregiver wants to give their child the best chance at life. And a crucial ingredient in experiencing a joyful, happy life lies within the quality of our relationships, fueled with emotion. Now, many psychologists over time have mentioned the ability to manage our emotions in a healthy way will determine the quality of our life, much more fundamentally than our IQ. Now, this in particular is called our EQ, which is what we're here to discuss today. And to do this, we welcome our special guest, Stephanie Pinto, a certified emotional intelligence coach and trainer, co-founder at EQ Culture and emotional intelligence trainer for Zen Key Lounge Foundation. Now, her passion is in helping parents and their children to have a more calm and connected life and better relationships with those around them. Thank you for joining us, Stephanie. How are you? Good. I'm so good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. Yes, and it's, it's a great pleasure to have here have you here today and speak about this because we've not actually discussed this in the podcast before. Um, and it's my understanding the concept of why, I guess, emotional intelligence is so important in raising children, this may actually be a new concept to many parents. However, I believe it's one that's vitally important for children's development um, and for them to have more control of their emotions. Do you think that? Oh, I'd love to know your thoughts. Yeah, 1000%. But then I'm probably a little bit biased. (laughs) But you know what? I guess with my own kids, um, I can, I have seen a huge difference um, before I learned about emotional intelligence compared to after when we started changing the culture in our family and what we what we spoke about, the language we used, the way we um, dealt with emotions and big emotions and challenging behaviors. Um, so it not it not only brings down the, the kind of energy in the home and brings the calm back to the home and that dynamic, but it does reflect in all areas of relationships with our kids, um, at, you know, in the classroom, in the playground, with friendships um, and things like that. So it has a huge impact on on our kids' well-being, but us as a family too. You know, and I guess the other thing is too, the world has changed, as we know, so much. In, in the last 12, 18 months and is continuing at a, you know, to change at a rapid pace. Um, and with the view, I guess, of wanting to give our children, I guess, the best opportunities to build a happy life for themselves, we do have to set them up for this, in particular in the workforce later on in life. Um, and as we know, like many innovative businesses around the world now actually hire based on an applicant's level of EQ before their level of skill. You know, we've all heard the the phrase hire for attitude and train for skill. It's a phrase that we've we've heard so many times before. So of course being offered a job in the future and these days um, is much more about this um our ability to be able to, to be liked and to get along with others more so than our, our school. So I, I'd love to know from your perspective, how important do you think it is to train these skills early on in life? 
Yeah, you know what? That's such a good question because it does start early in life. It does start here in the home. And and I always say if we want to raise emotionally intelligent kids, we need to first become emotionally intelligent parents or adults. <laughs> and we're not we're not always that. You know, I only discovered this stuff right at the start of my 30s. So it took me a long time. I was I had zero emotional intelligence as a kid, as a teenager and and into my 20s. And because of that, I was not, I wasn't the person or the child who was blowing up and having big emotions and and hurting others or, or getting triggered. I went the other way and I shut down. So I would get overwhelmed. I had no communication, conflict resolution skills, no resilience. And I developed such a strong anxiety um, that I would literally, if I was in a, a sort of nerve wracking or nervous situation, I would faint on the floor. That was my body's really? You'd reaction. Faint. I was a fainter and it happened from in my school years through to my 20s. I, I was a speech pathologist before this for 10 years and in job interviews and with clients, I would, I just had zero emotional intelligence. So it impacted my ability in my work, um, my friendships. And when I would go out for dinners and things like that, I would get overwhelmed. So it does, you know, I, I wish that there was um, there was a different, I suppose, a different time back when I was younger. Um, obviously, all parents do the best that they could, and I know my parents absolutely did, but they had no awareness of emotional intelligence and the fact that I was not managing my emotions at all. I was squashing them down, and that does not, that just does not go well. So that sort of goes into my next question is, in, then, are we born with EQ or does it have to be taught or does it depend on the child then? Is it a case-by-case yeah. case scenario? Yeah. So so if we think of IQ, the traditional intelligence, that is something that a lot of people and researchers see as um, sort of set at birth um, or genetic. But EQ is such a buildable and um, learnable set of skills. It is a set of skills. It's not just one skills. You're not emotionally intelligent or you aren't. So uh, the way that I was trained under my accreditation um, is looking at or, or realizing that there are actually 26 individual competencies within emotional wow. intelligence and they can 100% be learned. So it's things like emotional self-awareness, behavioral self-control, you know, managing behaviors and disruptive emotions, keeping those in check. It's communication, it's resilience, it's integrity, it's teamwork, it's building bonds, uh, relationships, stress management, like there are 26, so I'm not going to name them all, but you can see how um, sort of widespread and overarching this is. And wow. yes, we, we need them in the workplace and we need them. I always say a classroom is like a mini workplace. We, <laughs> we have to get along with others um, and we can have a lot more opportunities and a lot sort of more, I guess, um, enjoy our time more when we do have emotional intelligence. So would you say that a child's EQ starts with their relationship with their parents then? Oh, yes. Oh, that that is, you've hit the nail on the head. So I suppose, you know, something that I often talk about in my webinars and in my workshops and things is looking at how we were parented as um, in our childhood as kids, because we bring that into our parenting now. So I can see that I was shying away from big emotions and anger and conflict and, and all those things with my kids, which meant I had sort of, I suppose, softer boundaries with them because I didn't have that, um, 
I didn't experience that growing up. So, and you know, on the flip side, my husband is Portuguese. So he is like loud, says what he thinks and (laughs) doesn't, doesn't um, bat an eyelid if there's a conflict or a confrontation. So just um, knowing that, yes, with us as parents, we are the leaders of our family. We really are. It doesn't mean that we control our kids and we sure we surely do not want to control their emotions or suppress them, but we need to, uh, I guess we're the first point of contact for teaching our kids about their emotions and how they emotions are neither good nor bad. They just are. They are very, um, very important and intelligent assessments of our interpersonal functioning. So we need to listen to them and we can control them, um, the emotions so that we don't damage relationships um, and and we can build resilience. So yes, it always starts with us. Yes. Well, thank you for answering that um, in that way. And it, it is an important thing for us to understand. Now, I wanted to acknowledge that we had published your article titled How Teaching Our Kids Can Lead to Better Individual and Societal Outcomes. Now, for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about? And of course, what inspired you to write it? Yeah. So look, I think... um, that title and and what's in the article around helping to teach our kids EQ for for two main reasons for themselves as individuals but also for the greater community and the greater society we we know from so much research now around emotional intelligence that um, when a child has emo- some level of emotional intelligence skills, the outcomes for them later in life, you know, if you fast forward 20 years to when they're in the workplace or in university, the outcomes are so, um, so much more beneficial for them in terms of the types of jobs that they can access, the income that they can receive, and also their general level of happiness and well-being um, lower levels of stress, they're more resilient, they have better um, communication skills, which really help them in times of conflict and breakdowns and disagreements. And we can only, you know, we can only see as well from the research that in terms of when a when a collective or a whole um, a community raises their awareness and their ability to use emotional intelligence, that has such impacts as well on you know, on a team in a workplace. So that that is part of my work. I co-founded EQ Culture and we train teams and organizations to have better emotional intelligence skills because of the impacts in productivity, um, the impacts on the bottom line, the uh, lower levels of absenteeism and staff turnover. And so there's a whole host of uh, really, really positive outcomes that the research is showing. And it all it's all underpinned by emotional intelligence. Well, it sort of it sounds on the outside in that that with this that there could be a, a true paradigm and a pivotal shift, yes. I guess, in in everyone's consciousness overall, which is what we sort of need because these days, pretty much narcissism is celebrated and almost normalized in so many circumstances. Where you know what, from my understanding, which I'd love for you to explain, actually, you know, to us, what is emotional intelligence? Just so we can understand that, is it is it just is it teaching empathy, or as you mentioned, there's there's 26 things. Yeah. So how would you define exactly what it is? Yeah. Okay. Well, I actually wanted to that that um, sparked something in me when you said there's a it, it's almost like a paradigm shift, and it is because 
For a long time, we have been told or we have thought that emotions are messy, they're fluffy, leave them at the door, they just get in the way, get on with your work um, and so on. And we now actually know and we can see throughout, through our own experience and through research that emotions are actually highly intelligent assessments of our interpersonal functioning. And it has to do with us, but also those around us. It's not a sort of selfish um, quest, I suppose. And so that leads me into what is emotional intelligence, um, as you just asked. And I suppose the wordy definition that we go by is that emotional intelligence is your ability to be aware of your own emotions and those of others in the moment and to be able to use that information to guide your actions, to um, adjust your behavior, to make good decisions and just overall to be able to uh, have deeper and closer relationships with those around you. So you can see from that, it is a very long definition, but no, you can see the element of, yeah, you can see the element of knowing my own emotions, that self-awareness, knowing how I show up as a person, my habits, my patterns of behavior, but also um, other people's emotions, what they're going through, what's underneath the surface. I often talk about what's going on under the iceberg um, particularly with parents, with their kids' big emotions. What is driving their big emotions right now? Why has my child had this big, challenging, why have they just snatched that off their brother? Why have they just said a defiant no? Why are they getting in trouble for the fifth time this week and I keep telling them not to do that and they're just doing it again? So I, you know, there's such, um, it's so empowering to have that awareness of yourself and your emotions and your triggers because we do get triggered often by our kids but also so that we can know what's going on with our kids and help them manage their emotions so they have some emotional regulation um, skills, coping skills and, and tools and things like that. It, it does come from us and uh, that's why I guess I'm so passionate about it. <laughs> which we can hear, which is very exciting as well and, and it's lovely to be able to share your enthusiasm and, and your passion for this. Now, I understand there are four areas that make up EQ. Um, the first two areas relate to our awareness um, of our and other emotions, as you just mentioned, and, and the second area of EQ relates to how we manage emotions, both our own and others. So could you maybe just expand on the four core areas that make yeah, EQ? Yeah, definitely. So, so we kind of see EQ as having four quadrants, like you said, um, and the first, almost like EQ 101, it's self-awareness. You need to first start with how am, I, how are my emotions showing up? What causes them? What are the triggers? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Um, and just having that, uh, we call it personal power. That's one of the competencies, which is your ability to um, feel like you have the power over your own decisions, your own life, which way you're headed and that sort of journey. So, First, we do start with self-awareness, knowing ourselves. And to be honest, that can be a little bit uncomfortable because we realize then when we do some sort of inner work that we have blind spots. <laughs> but that, you know, that's in and of itself a really um, powerful exercise to, to go through and to do. And so the second um, part in that first, um, that first pair is the awareness of others' emotions. So having empathy others. A lot of people think emotional intelligence is empathy. It's actually, you know, empathy is one of those 26 competencies. So we have to be aware of others, their emotions, have empathy for them and what they're going through, the situational awareness. So knowing what is going on around us and making adjustments on the fly. 
um, and anticipate, recognize and meet other people's needs. So we can't just be sort of insular and have our own little, be in our own head. That doesn't, um, I mean, it doesn't serve anyone really. <laughs> so they're the first two. And then the second area of EQ relates to how we manage um, manage emotions both in ourselves and how we manage our relationships with others because you can't manage other people's emotions. <laughs> um, but, you know, self-management is around having behavioural self-control, being resilient, which I, I hear so many parents, um, they'll come to me for support or for coaching. They'll say, I, I'm, I'm not resilient or my kids are not resilient. So that's a huge part of self-management. Um, having the ability to manage stress, having integrity and showing initiative as well. So managing your own emotions and yeah, kind of knowing that we all have those weaknesses or those blind spots and how can we manage or um, improve some of those areas. And mm-hmm. then the last point is relationship management. So, you know, that's conflict resolution, um, communication skills, building trust and bonds with others, teamwork and collaboration and um you know, I know some of those sound like uh, adult uh, sort of skills, but we can build those in kids and our kids need them just at a different level, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, I mean, the big question is how can we teach children emotional intelligence, especially, and then this is the, the, the tough question, I guess, but if, if, a, if a parent themselves haven't been taught that throughout their own life, um, if you could expand on that, that would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. So you are right. It is that much harder for us as parents, I think, if we have not had some of this stuff taught to us or exposed to us or modeled to us when we were kids, because we are pretty much conditioned and and programmed without knowing it and not intentionally, but we bring our habits and our patterns of behavior and our beliefs into uh, the current time when we're parenting our own kids. So we always need to start with ourselves. Um, And like I said, if we want to raise emotionally intelligent kids, we need to first become emotionally intelligent adults. Mm -hmm. So looking at our own, our own habits and our own emotions and, and sort of shifting the lens or like zooming in on what, what is really going on and how do we show up as a parent? Um, So we need to, yes, start with us first because, Uh, we are always modeling to our kids, regardless of whether or not we realize it, the way we um, manage our own stress, the way we deal with when our kids have big emotions, um, the way we deal with or don't our triggers. So we we are always modeling to our kids and we need to be aware of that. Um, We obviously need to teach our kids some of these really basic skills around how they can recognize their emotions, like physiologically recognizing in their body. You know, I I talk about um, the wriggly feeling or the buzzy feeling or the hot feeling, or um, some kids will say, you know, it's like an explosion, which is anger. So recognizing it in their body, understanding where it's coming from. So I say to parents, you know, talk to your kids about what it feels like, where that's coming from. Like what's that cause and effect of, wow, buddy, you look really angry right now. Is that because she's taken the texts off you and you hadn't even had a chance to start drawing? So connecting that cause and effect of, I feel like this because that has happened. Mm-hmm. Then we want to obviously teach our kids how they could label their emotions because a lot of kids have about three words in their emotional vocabulary, <laughs> happy, sad, angry. <laughs> but there's actually, you know, there is so many more hundreds, 
hundreds of emotion words if we look in the dictionary. Um, and I've created a lot of resources and posters and emotion wheels, which have beautiful, you know, beautiful colored resources with different emotion words to teach our kids words like um, disappointed or frustrated or overjoyed or nervous, worried. There are so many. And I think that's really important. If we can't and if our kids can't label their emotions, how are they going to express that and then and then find some ways to um, find some coping skills? So if we can teach our kids, obviously by modeling or using some resources, books, books are amazing as well. Um, and uh, helping our kids label emotions more um, specifically, you know, using some of those more nuanced emotion words and then um, modeling how they can express it to us in the right way, at the right time, to the right person, not just blowing up or kicking or throwing something across the room um, and things like that. So helping our kids to express what they're feeling. And obviously us as parents, I have to kind of put a little um, note in here that we need to be okay, feel okay when our kids are having these big emotions. It doesn't mean that we don't care and we're a cold-hearted parent. No, it just means we don't need to get so triggered when our kids have these big emotions, they have a very underdeveloped brain. They have very little behavioral self-control, impulse control, um, empathy, all of those sort of skills. We need to be okay with when they have blow-ups, um, if they stuff up, if they make mistakes, and we will coach and guide them and help them through it rather than just punish them. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the last point is that we then want to be able to model and teach our kids some pretty you know, age-appropriate coping strategies. When you're feeling like this way or that way, what's something you could do to help bring those big emotions back down? What would be helpful to calm down? What could I do? What could you do? So, so many things we can do um, as parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've uh, mentioned a few times about the condition that we have uh, as adults from our own childhood, which lie in our conscious and subconscious mind. Um, and of course, it's, it's varying different levels of people having ability to understand what EQ is. Would you say it's possible for a parent that maybe um, wasn't taught EQ, starting with empathy, which is one of the 26 um, things that you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. on, but that is a starting point that, okay, if a parent acknowledges I, I wasn't taught EQ um, and my, maybe my EQ level is quite low, for these reasons, by no fault of my own, but that was just um, how I was parented and how from a generational perspective it was passed down from my parents and grandparents, yes. etc. So we are just where we are. We acknowledge it and accept it. But we want to, to I guess, sort of um, stop that um, and, and wanting to sort of to pass this on to be able to ensure that our children do have uh, a higher level of EQ. So the question is, is it possible for a parent who, um, as, they, as they're teaching their own children about EQ, that they could they can teach themselves as well for them to be able to stop and say, okay, if my child is is reacting this way, this this scenario, it's because they've modelled that off me, and because they have seen that from me, which I have identified that I've seen that in my parents, and 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 so it mm -hmm. goes back as well. So can, can parents that don't have EQ learn themselves through the fact that they like when they are teaching it to their children? 
I think, you know what, I think our kids are um, our mirrors in a way. They will show us what we need to work on or where our growth areas are and where our weak spots are maybe. So if we, um, you know, if we're a parent who gets really triggered and blows up when our child is upset or crying or, you know, whinging, um, quote unquote whinging uh, and complaining and things, then that's a big um don't want to say a red flag, but that's like a, hey, listen up, look up. There's like ding, 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 warning bell here. Something we've, we've got to work through something here because you're getting, you're having a big emotional reaction. We call it being emotionally hijacked. <laughs> um, and, and knowing when that happens, you know, taking that time to look a little bit deeper underneath the surface of why is that, why is that coming up for me? Was I never allowed to get angry or shout at my parents? Was I never allowed to say no to my parents? You know, we have a lot of those, um, we, we call them paradigms. And I often go through parents, go through with parents, what their paradigms are, what these sets of beliefs that they cling to are, you know, I was never allowed to shout. I had a parent who I just finished up coaching and she said, I wasn't even allowed to look angry. If I had an angry look on my face, I'd be sent to my room to sort it out. So yeah, you know, have that self-compassion and that empathy for yourself that we, we, many of us have not been taught these skills. We have not been taught that big emotions are okay. We've been taught that anger and frustration are bad. So just, yeah, have that empathy and understanding. And um, I would say, take that time to look inward at why is this coming up for me? Why am I um, having such a big reaction? Why is this not, why does this feel not okay for me when my child does this or does that? And often it isn't, you know, kids are very rarely intentionally manipulating and doing things on purpose to get a rise out of us. They're actually just they're adventuring and they're testing and they're pushing the boundaries and that's what being a child is about. So, um, yeah, having that that empathy for ourselves knowing that it it doesn't come naturally to us because we were likely conditioned for many, many years and we, we don't need to and we have the power not to pass that on if we do something about it. Mm-hmm. I think any leadership role in life, be it in business, being at home, being a parent, any leadership role puts you under the microscope and naturally it's going to sort of bring out all of those things and amplify them in any way, shape or form. So of course, it's everybody's choice if they want to unpack what those things are to do the shadow work, to be able to dig that up. Um, and that those things can take years, of course. But at the moment, all we're talking about is ensuring that our children have a le- level of EQ. But I think, as mentioned, it does actually naturally bring up all of these things within ourselves as well. Um, now, I understand that you um, see your children as being, I guess, the heart of the family and that when, you know, your belief is that when they have the right tools within themselves, that they can blossom into confident, resilient and balanced adults, as you said earlier. Um, and you mentioned also that as a child that you had zero emotional regulation skills um, and you weren't resilient at all. Um, so, that you were unable to manage your own emotions. So I just wanted to know, just as a point of reference for any parent that's listening at the moment um, as well, I mean, how did this impact your schooling as a child um, and or your adult adult life at all? And if so, how? In in so so we're given a point of reference as to somebody that that acknowledged that they didn't have very high EQ skills. Um, and on the flip side, I guess the positive and negatives of what side of the fence you sort of sit on, but how did that, how did that affect you when 
before you started to work on it? Yeah, you know what? For me, um, as I said, I was the one who sort of shut down and went insular and went internal and suppressed and squashed. I became a very good people pleaser. (laughs) So I would have no boundaries. I didn't want to say no. I didn't want to let people down. Um, and I was very agreeable and it meant that I was well liked. Um, you know, I had a good group of friends. I did relatively well at school and, um, the, the detrimental sort of the, I guess the flip side of that or the disadvantage is that I always put myself last. Um, I took on way too much. I got overloaded. I, I got stressed. Um, I couldn't cope with those big demands Instead of blowing up, I shut down. And, you know, for, for parents these days and me as well, for my kids, I think, well, when my kids are in their teenage years, I want them to come to me if something big happens. I want them to open up and talk. And I was one of the kids in their room who didn't talk and, you know, came home from my part-time job at, in high school and I went straight to my room. You know, th- those kind of things. I think, my goodness, I was lucky that I didn't get into like drugs or anything crazy like that because I would have just agreed and said yes and okay and my parents wouldn't have known. So, um, you know, that, that that's detrimental when we don't have those skills to communicate, to be open, to be confident, to be resilient. Um, and, yeah, even into my 20s it affected me. Uh, I remember fainting in a job interview because I was so overloaded. I was so anxious and I just didn't have any coping skills, <laughs> no, no emotional regulation skills. Um, and I remember also in one of my pracs at uni, um, going into one of the hospitals here in Sydney to do a, like a, a prac in a stroke ward as a speech pathologist. And, um, I took a few steps down the corridor on my first day and out on the floor (laughs) fainted because I just thought, can't do it too much overload. This is a threat. No, no, no. And, um, I couldn't speak up. I couldn't say, Hey, this is a bit too much. I'm a bit nervous. I squashed that down. I put a smile on my face. I was like, I can do this. Don't show any weakness. Um, don't show your emotions. And, um, yeah, don't let anyone down, my big speech pathology supervisor. And so I fainted. And um, I remember coming to in one of those small little uh, rooms in on the ward where the family sit and there's a couch and a TV. And there was about six people around me and they said, we got the crash cart because we couldn't feel your pulse. And I was like, I'm just a fainter. <laughs> so, oh. But it's you know, all in it, all, in, I mean, to not having those skills did severely impact, I guess, your schooling um, and yeah. even your career as a speech pathologist overall. So that really does highlight the the importance of ensuring that, you know, when kids have the ability to emotionally regulate, that they can work through those big emotions and identify what they are to be able to sort of regulate and put themselves into a better space, would you say? Yeah. You know what? Emotional intelligence is a protective factor. We, we talk about risk factors and protective factors. And we know from research, this protects our kids from going down the route of drugs and alcohol to manage um, big emotions and strong, strong emotions in their um, teenage years. It protects them from stress, being able to manage stress because you're aware of your emotions when things are getting too much and you have coping strategies. Um, and it builds resilience and confidence. So it's literally, you know, a non-negotiable trait <laughs> that I think we should be teaching our kids. They should be teaching it in schools, um, not just kind of waiting to the workplace when they do some professional development and doing it then. <laughs> As well. And so I understand you used to be what you call a shouty parent and you felt that raising your voice at your kids was the only way to get through to them. But this all changed when you discovered these new tools um, and strategies that really helped give you, I guess, your peaceful home back. 
Um, and with this, it really helped you sort of crack that code. So, I mean, that really does, I guess, on all levels, um, provide a reason for all parents to be able to understand a little bit more. So just in in, in final, I mean, um, in, in summing this up, um, how would you summarise, I guess, the key messages for any parent that is now wanting to be able to uh, establish and uh, depend on where they are on a you know, level of one to 10 with their EQ, but they that they just want to sort of strengthen and grow that in their household? Yeah. Where would they you start? Oh, gosh, you know what? I mean, the place I started was just reading online, watching YouTube videos. I know that sounds so simple, but delve into it. There's so much information and there's so much research now. Um, I started reading a few books. I've got some of them behind me um, about emotional intelligence. Uh, there's one called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman, who's kind of considered the father of emotional intelligence. Um, and things like The Whole Brain Child by Dan Siegel. That's a beautiful book that teaches parents and educators around what's going on with our kid's brain and their emotions and their behavior. And so we know how to, um, why they're having these big emotions, why they're having those disruptive or challenging behaviors and how we can click in, how we can use our communication skills and connect with them rather than just consequences and punishment that don't work or well, they work in the short term, but, but um, it's kind of parenting or disciplining out of fear. So I would say, you know, get reading, get Googling, get learning. I've, I've got a lot of blogs on my website and articles and things like that. Um, but just start, start, I suppose, with that notion um, and the truth that emotions are not messy. They're not fluffy. They're not to be swept under the rug. That is at worst, it's dangerous and it's risky for your child to do that. Um, and uh, and just start opening up the conversations. Start talking about your their, you know your feelings, their feelings. What happened today at school? How'd that make you feel? What are you going to do? Like, how can we solve that problem? What would you do next time if that happened? So, really simple conversations is is a beautiful place to start. Thank you for sharing that. Of course, if anyone's um. They have any questions and they would like to reach out to you. Whereabouts can they find you? Yeah, I would love anyone to reach out and connect. Um, one of the easy places is my website, which is just stephaniepinto.com. Very simple. <laughs> uh, I'm on the social medias as well. I run a beautiful Facebook group called Let's Raise Emotionally Intelligent Kids. And I'd love anyone to come along, join, join the conversation. Um, and I'm always posting tips, information, strategies and articles and stuff there too. Stephanie, thank you so much for your time today. We'll have all of those links in the show notes and, of course, uh, link through to your website and um, socials so people can find you. Thank you so much for raising um, this very important topic um, and opening the conversation and hopefully we've planted some seeds in some people's minds as to all the reasons why they should be sort of hopefully, um, you know, aiming to sort of have a more emotionally uh, sort of open household and, and peaceful household overall. But thank you so much for your time and hope to have the opportunity to chat with you again in the not too distant future. But in the meantime, stay safe. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids. <laughs>